right. Hello and welcome. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this uh, COVID edition of the podcast recording. Today, I'm talking to Ollie Bridge. He is the CMO at Bonjoro. He's taken Bonjoro from zero to 50,000 plus users. I put plus there because I'm not sure what the current user base is. But in any case, Ollie, welcome. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I don't know the exact figure myself too, but yeah, it's over 50,000 and that looks better on a homepage of a website, I think, than a specific number. Or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe I should change that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I found it in my uh, snooping before uh, getting you on the podcast. Someone else oh, had written snooping. 0 to 50k. Yeah, well, hopefully we <laughs> update that number at some point. First question I have for you, anyone who's seen Bonjour notice that there's a bear involved and that's something that seems to be a big part of your culture. Curious to know, what's the story with the bear theme? So the bear theme, it's funny. There are You'll probably get a slightly different story from different people when you ask them. But my view on it is I think it came about because our founder, a guy called Matt Barnett, if you've ever seen Matt, or if you look him up now, go Matt Barnett, Bonjuro. He's quite a sort of hairy-looking guy. He looks a bit like a bear. He now calls his sort of job title here now is Papa Bear and CEO of Bonjuro. So we basically came up with a character that was like a personification of Matt as our founder. So if you look at a picture of Matt and then go look at our logo, hopefully you'll uh, you'll see the resemblance there. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I've seen uh, this sort of mascot style logo done before and it, it's a very fine line to go between taking a likeness and accidentally being offensive i think sometimes when people yeah. make a caricature version of you in a character but that makes a lot of sense getting into bonjoro the reason why i wanted to chat today was because of obviously you guys know a lot about video messaging in particular but i was curious to know what kind of products or startups or you know apps would make the most use of video messaging so we started out so the backstory of Bonjour, the reason it exists today was we used it ourselves for sending sort of welcome videos to new leads that signed up for a product we used to run. So it's like a market research product done through mobile video. And Matt lived in Sydney at the time, but most of the customers signing up were New York and it was like branding and marketing agencies is New York and London. And he really struggled with the time difference. So the reason we, he invented it was to send personal videos to those people when they signed up. So we connected, we like hacked it together using Zapier. So we connected a form we had on the site to like this like early rudimentary video recording tool we'd made and used Zapier to connect the two. So really it's about like personal welcomes was the original thing. And this is why it's so perfectly suited to SaaS because in SaaS you get someone signs up and you want to make sure they get that sort of first class onboarding experience. So they go from being a trial to being a paid customer. So the core use case is SaaS you know, companies, maybe sales, maybe customer success. It depends how that, that specific SaaS is run. Sending welcome videos to new trials to either get them on calls or to say, hey, this is the next first step you should take, or just to give them a great you know, first experience. But we also have e-commerce companies using us for thanking buyers when they buy products. And then you know, online educators as well. So when you know, an online educator runs a sort of funnel into their course and they want to take that lead from cold to, to warm and develop that relationship, then it works perfectly there as well. What are the boosts to conversion rates, say, from you know, trial signups that you typically see when using video messaging? They're pretty big. It, it varies. We've got so many customer success stories on our site. Like if you go to the Bonjour blog and go 
customer stories. It's different for, for everybody, a little bit in the space. But as an example, we actually have, so we have a company called Entrepore. They're, they're actually a CRM themselves. And they use it in an interesting way. They use it for reducing demo no-shows because they need to get people on demos. They know they need to get land those demos to make sure they're making more sales. And they send a personal video before every sales demo. I think it's like the day before or two days before to make that person more likely to show up. And they reduce demo no-shows by, I think it's like 15 to 20%, which then has that knock-on effect and they get 15 to 20% more sales as a result of that. But yeah, it's it's usually a pretty big boost, but it's sort of different depending on sort of specifically where you use it in your funnel. So we've got the, you know, onboarding, but also trying to help with demo sign up. A side note, I have actually used Bonjoro twice for this particular reason, for getting people to turn up to calls. And yeah, I noticed in both cases, one, it was, I actually measured it, it was 20 something percent. And the other, I'm assuming it's 20 to 30%. So it definitely, definitely helps there. Turning to the, the onboarding use case, what are some of the best practices here to really get the most juice from the orange? So I think it's, it's a funny one, like video messaging and sending personal videos and trying to connect, create that connection and a relationship with that customer. What you've got to remember is you're not doing like marketing. So I think the thing I'd say is like the simpler, the better and steer clear a little bit of some of the sort of tricks and sort of, you know, like hacks on the marketing side with subject lines and things. You're not doing the same thing. If you imagine someone's email inbox, because you're going to be sending these videos to someone's inbox. So if you picture someone's inbox, mostly they've got like marketing emails trying to get their attention. So if you go down the opposite route, which is focus on the super personal element of this video that you've made for them. So include words in your subject line, like you know, personal, maybe message, video, and for you. So let's take an example. I recorded a personal video message for you, or I recorded a message for you, or here's a video I just recorded for you. That's very different to everything else that's going to sit in that inbox. So we can, you know, we get way, way, way better open rates for that versus marketing messages. So if you think about Bonjour video open rates, they're more in the sort of 70% range versus you know typical sort of marketing, which is like 20, 25%. And in, I guess the payload is not the right word here, but I guess the message <laughs> that you're sending people in the, uh, in the video itself is, hey, I'm here to help, or you know, what's your number one use case, or is, it, is there any particular angle that you think is a good one to take? Yeah, so the, the video itself, so you always have a little message next to your video, so you don't want to say too much for that because you want them to watch the video, you just want a little hook to get them into the video. The video itself, what I tend to say is generally keep it to sort of less than 60 seconds because you don't want to be doing too many videos over 60 seconds. When you're saying that video, obviously say their name straight away so they know it's just for them. You've taken the time to do this, get that connection going, and people absolutely love that. They go wild about that, and you'll get way more responses because of that. And then I'd say in your video, always focus on one, sometimes two call to actions. So let's say you want someone to book a call. Don't go too broad. Don't get too confusing for them. Make sure that like your video is all geared towards getting to that moment of saying, and you can book a call with me. And you can actually point to the button next to your video. Say, you know, click that button there and you can book a call with me. You might also say, or reply if you've just got any questions, something like that. But try and gear it around one very specific call to action. You know, in terms of like use cases, you know, we see sales use it for like inbound leads, demo no-shows like we just talked about, marketing things like webinar follow-ups. 
So if you've had people come to a webinar, maybe you've got a hit list of maybe 20, 30 MQLs that you'd love to connect with, send a personal video follow-up after that. Your call to action then might be, you know, take a trial of our product or do you want to connect with our sales team? Welcoming partners, if you've got an affiliate program or a partner program, like get your affiliate or partner team to use video so they can sort of create those bonds and those relationships and take them that next level. And then customer success, definitely like onboarding new customers, making sure they activate much stickier, get those retention rates, you know, really going and reactivating inactive users. So I know that like a big problem of a lot of SaaS companies is like, what, what the heck do we do when someone you know, goes dormant or stops using our product and you come up with all these like, you know, crazy ideas like, oh, we could do this or that. Literally just try a personal video and say, hey, I know you haven't used the product for a while. I've got a couple of tips, for, you know, or here's an update. We just released a new feature, something like that. Very tactical there for reactivating dormant users, you know, trying to to tackle that with giving them some quick tips. But on the other side, on on SaaS onboarding or trying to get more trial users engaged and converting to paid users, did you have any examples of the typical types of messages that work really well there? The key thing with this and the whole way that we've built Bonjoro is to help you do personalization at scale. So I don't think it's necessarily you know, things like booking calls and making sure people know what that first next step is are quite key. So like, you know, here's a you know, click that button and it will show you the first three things you should do with that product. And maybe behind that button, you've got just a simple page, which is a video that says do step one, two, three, like that stuff works really well. But something else that I wanted to mention is the best way to get engagement and really create like a standard. You've got to remember people are trialing so many products at the same time or there's so much other stuff going on. If you really, truly personalize your message, you will get engagement that means they will stick with your product, try it, like go through those hard early days where they're trying to figure out what the heck it even does. So what we have on Bonjoro, actually every customer, you can connect Bonjoro to your CRM so you can see information from your CRM. So the, you know, the data you have about your customer in front of you when you're recording a video. And that means you can just take that video to like really to the next level and say, oh, by the way, I see you haven't done this piece. I see you sent five videos. That's really great going. That sort of stuff is really crucial. And that's where we think like the future of video should go, like doing like true personalization at scale. Did you find that one tactic works better than another in a general sense? So for example, trying to get a conversation going with a user or trying to direct them to, you know, here's your first win, do these things now that you've you've signed up for the trial. Yeah, the, the two that work best are probably two of the simplest so definitely getting people on calls that's always really important for activation and i know a lot of SaaS companies struggle with that so i would recommend if you're going to start with anything start with the call to action being book a call with us or book a call with our team and have like a round robin set up on your calendar to get calls you know on the right time zones for those people that's what we do and it works really really well we typically find if, if we switch off Bonjour videos, let's say we don't send them and we just rely on an automation to try and book those calls for us, the response rates are just way lower. The, the book, call booking rates are way lower. So that's the first one. Then the second one I'd say is, yeah, outlining those next steps. So we've also done this in the early days and a lot of our customers do it, which is setting a video and the call to action is, these are the first two things you have to do. And I know a lot of SaaS companies have like onboarding checklists 
in their products, but sometimes customers just sort of get stuck in or get tangled up in other things. So if you've got a personal video that gets their engagement, gets their attention, and then they land on the page, it just shows them, you know, step one, step two, super easy. It really sticks with them and they just go and do it. So that's the two I'd, I'd recommend that every SaaS company really should look at. Interesting. For the jumping on the call, what's what's the premise of the call? Is it just, hey, we're here to help you, you know, chat to somebody or is it something else? No, it's, it's about value. So it's, it's what we say is, so we split up our videos and our approaches. So when we're looking and recording our video, we know what industry they're in and what use case they're going to use Bonjour for. So in our sign-up form, we capture industry. And let's say it's SaaS. And then they say use case onboarding new customers. We will say, oh, you know, and I see you in SaaS and you want to onboard new customers. Let's jump on a call and I'll help you get up, get your account set up in the perfect way to do that specific thing. I'll show you the best tips and tricks from other SaaS companies doing this. So really sort of pique their interest around the fact that you can solve what they want you to solve, like that job to be done that you know they want to do. Talk about that and say, we're going to get that sorted in this call. Interesting thought then, I suppose, how would you divide up the video task itself of creating the video for a particular user between teams if one is focused on trying to convert trial users and the other is focused on onboarding as an example and reactivation would you have the same person or team doing that or would you divide it up into different people it depends on the size of your organization but let's say you do have a bigger sort of sales team or cs team yeah i'd split that up and you're hitting on some quite interesting sort of feature driven things here like at bonjour so we actually have something called a workflow filter, which if you ever use Zapier, you'll have come across like the way they do trigger an action. But you can also have filters to say, if someone's on this time zone, do this. So within Bonjour, you could actually say, if someone is SaaS and their use case is this, assign them to this team member. If they're on time zone US, assign them to our US team. So you can be sort of divvying up the tasks to the right people on your team so then you're giving your customer the best experience and it's not sort of weird that they're getting like a video from someone in this country and then they're on a call with someone in a completely different country. So you can sort of get all of this stuff sort of tight and get it fitting in with your existing processes. I would suppose a, a small organization, it might be perhaps even the founder or one of the marketing team that are mainly doing it. But as you grow, you would need to be conscious of time zone and whether it is marketing or customer success, would that be right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the way we've gone. You know, early days, it was Matt, our founder, and a couple of us sending the videos. And now there's more you know, in the team doing more specific styles of onboarding. How do you go about measuring the performance of the, your video messaging in the first place? So are there a couple of KPIs that people should be looking out for? Yeah, I think I'd always recommend with anything like video messaging, where let's say you're going to do it in the onboarding space. And you probably already have a process around that. Let's say you have a 14-day trial. You've got a pretty good process. You've got automations, like emails going out. Start with one thing and start tackling the one piece, let's say, is booking calls. And you want to A-B test it against your current process. So when you're thinking about metrics, your metric is, are we getting an uplift against that very specific moment? And maybe that's your first or your second email that goes out to a customer that tries to get them on that call. Do an A-B test, split out, okay, we're not going to send that email to this cohort. 
we're going to do personal videos. And if we get that uplift, then we'll go with something like video messaging. So I think you know, that's the best way of doing it. I mentioned you know, Entreport, they were one of the first companies to do a very rigorous split test on the demo no-shows side when they did that and got a 15% uplift. They're like, okay, we're going to stick with this. So I think just, yeah, be really specific around you know, what is the objective. So we've talked about those booking calls, you know, getting started, getting people to do those activation pieces. So let's say it's, you know, you've got two things that everybody needs to do to be active with your company and it makes them more likely to convert. Look at those metrics and look for uplifts in those metrics. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense where you would divide it up on cohorts and, and check that it's actually creating that uplift. If you're lazy like me, you probably don't, but you <laughs> probably should make sure that you divide your efforts there. That makes a lot of sense. When people jump onto a new tool, what are some of the mistakes that you see people making with their, with their videos? I think a little bit, like I just said, like I think it's too much too soon. And that's probably on us. And I think it's on a lot of SaaS tools. They might overwhelm you with too much information. So I'll say with video, the first thing to be mindful of is just do one use case at one time. So if it is booking calls, do that. You know, if it's onboarding new customers, do that. Don't think, oh, I'm going to do that. Like get overexcited and go, I'll do onboarding new customers, webinar follow-ups, all this stuff, because I don't think you'll stick with it and you won't sort of like measure it rigorously enough. So I'll sort of start with one use case, prove it, then expand you know, once you've done that. So I think there aren't too many mistakes. Like I, I think that is the main one that I see. Yeah, getting overexcited and too many use cases. Once you've got one use case down, how are you delegating that to another team member? Are you writing a short script like with dot points on a Google Doc or how are you handing that across? The way that a lot of our sort of power users do it, they still have an admin. And what they do is they then will admin the workflows and the assigning of video tasks to their team. So they'll just brief them and say, hey, I've created some video templates. So they'll sort of do the hard work for their team and say, I've created video templates. Basically, what's going to happen is you're going to be assigned video tasks every day. All you have to do is pull out your phone, click record, do a sort of general like rough script and send it. So you can have someone, it's quite easy, you can have someone admitting the whole like video templates for their team. That's how it looks in their email inbox and what the video landing page looks like, you know, and all the workflows that are driving it. So then the filmers, like we have, we actually have like big, really big uh, universities that use us and they have their marketing team basically admitting the whole thing. And they actually have academics who are recording videos for prospective students. So it's, yeah, wow. even at that scale, it can work. And they just give them a little bit of a brief and say, you know, you just want to say thank you and we'd love to have you at this university. And here's a couple of things you should say to them. But yeah, you can really have someone driving it and everyone else is just recording videos. So it scales really well. Curious to know then, if there was a dream user of Bonjoro, you can pick any company out there. They may or may not be listening. Who would it be and how would you go about implementing a video messaging strategy for them? So, I th yeah. It'd probably be Nike. It's a funny thing. Like we we did interviews a while back. We went out like asking people on the streets, like you know, about like best companies. Also, Nike comes up in so much stuff. It's ridiculous when you ask people about like great brands and all this stuff. But yeah, someone like Nike, and the way I'd envision them using it would be twofold. So one would be customer thanking. I'd love to think that like a bigger e-commerce brand like that 
would have a whole department dedicated to just thanking people for buying their products online, for example. I think it'd be incredible. And we have a lot of e-commerce customers that use Bonjoro, and their big metric that they get an uplift is repeat purchases. And on average, mm. it's around 30% people coming back because they were so delighted from that experience. So I think that'd be incredible. Like, you know, there are big organizations that already have, like, you know, people hitting the phones all the time and you know, charities that have, like, huge, like, um, you know, sort of donors sort of driving you know, things going on with teams around that. So I think someone like Nike could do it. So, yeah, if Nike are listening, do this. It'd be amazing for your brand. <laughs> but also, like, I think, like, support follow-ups. Like, I've been on Nike's, like, support live chat and stuff. And it's going to be so cool if you had someone, you know, if it pinged, like, a little workflow and then they sent you a video afterwards to say, you know, thanks, Ollie. We hope we got it sorted. We value you, appreciate you as a night customer. You know, here's like a little something, you know, for the issue you had with our product. I think it would just be un- unreal in a sort of, you know, big brand e-commerce environment like that. Very cool. I had not expected a, a physical products company. I thought you would suggest a, another tech company, but that was quite cool. It almost has a bit of a, not to put egg on on uh, Nike, but um <laughs> almost has a bit of Zappos feel to it there, where it's uh, you know delivering happiness type thing. That's so, it's so interesting you say that. That is our founder's favorite brand, and we wrote the first ever white paper that we wrote at Bonjoro was all about customer delight, and we had a massive section about Zappos and how Bonjoro video messages were sort of like in that space. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I can definitely see the inspiration there for current users. Do you have you noticed any really interesting examples of how people have used it in a way that you didn't expect? Yeah, maybe like the one thing that I've seen happening is people using it like further down the funnel. So what we're seeing is video messaging move a little bit from just like lead conversion to like customer success and customer appreciation at certain milestones. We have a company called PyBytes, and they do a couple of guys, really great guys. Bob and Julian, who do Python coding software courses. And what they do, they have these like ninja belts that you get if you hit particular milestones or complete particular courses with them. And what's really great in the way they use Bonjuri is that they send videos when you hit particular belts. So they're sort of using it to keep that activation engagement going and giving people that little like boost of like motivation, which I think that's really interesting if you then translate that onto other businesses. Like, what could you do further down your funnel, which is like giving people motivation when they you know, take certain steps or they like achieve something with your product, which um, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really interesting now that you mention it. I, I get the impression that, you know, people assume a lot of digital interaction is going to be very impersonal. And that's the way that it, it always has been, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the way it should always be now because we have different tools to accommodate that. I've noticed that a lot more. When you do send something personal out, people really respond really well when they don't expect it. Yeah, well, I think like I think there's almost a perception, because videos got so big, you know, COVID, pandemic, Zoom, there's almost this feeling of like, oh, video is sort of like, not done, but like it's being used a lot. And there's you know, other like screen recording companies and things out there. But I think if you take yourself back to the mindset of the, person receiving it or the consumer if it's something like that someone congratulating you saying hey you know you know well done for achieving it like it's not being used in those ways across the world so i think if we think outside the box a little bit and think you know what can we do with it and think in the mindset of our consumer 
then I think it gets like quite interesting. And also I think another like trend around this is personal brand in the workplace is becoming a massive thing. So people are on like LinkedIn, on Twitter, and instead of organizations obviously being like quite like brand driven, like impersonal brand driven, they want their people to be engaging and building their own personal brands and that lifts the whole brand up. So I think that's going to cross over into video messaging where you, let's say like a sales team isn't just a sales team. It's like, how can we get all of them showing like their faces to our customers? So like our whole brand is lifted up by those interactions. So I think that's like a big trend that we're still, still slightly on the edge of a little bit. It's a bit beyond the remit of this particular podcast, but I'm going to ask <laughs> you anyway. I noticed that Bonjour as a company tends to have a few key figures. So for example, you have yourself and Matt and Casey. Yeah. It seems unusual to me to notice there's so many strong marketers in one company. Is that something you guys, you know, purposely planned or it, it just happened that way and you've doubled down on it? No, we have purposely, purposely planned it. So we try and hire a little bit for that culture. When we look around in the space, there are other brands that like inspire us and we think doing a better job than we are of that you know look at some companies particularly on like linkedin like gravy dream data i'm just like thinking of the ones that like top of my mind where i feel like i see so many of them and and i love that and that is something that has been like top down from matt from day one he's like i want everyone if possible to try and like develop like a personal brand we don't put it on everyone but we try and foster that as much as we can curious to know do you believe that it's it's you know, extraordinarily effective or has it been surprising in how it worked out or it's still in the process of being weighed up? It's really hard to measure, isn't it? But like, we no, we do think it's effective. It's very hard to measure. But I think for me, the whole theory is just the more you elevate everyone and they're slightly more not like sort of customer or audience facing, the more connections you're going to make, the more opportunities will come from that. And I guess the best way you could measure it is just like how many opportunities are coming into the business through those people that are more visible. And we can tell, you know, that's happening in you know, this podcast, for example, all these sorts of things like happen because of that. So yeah, we, we think it's a good thing. I couldn't put a metric on it, but you know, it's the way we're going to go. Yeah, it's definitely noticeable. Yeah, it, it's cool. quite cool to to follow lots of different people at the same company and see how they approach marketing and for the same company in different ways, which is quite cool. Just before we go, for people who want to learn more and connect with you, where should they go? So I'm mainly on, like, Casey's always on, like, LinkedIn. I try to be into LinkedIn, but I'm more of a Twitter guy. So on Twitter, I'm Ollie underscore bridge. So O-L-I underscore bridge. Other things to a place to go, I'd say, obviously, Bonjour's website, bonjour.com. But I'd also recommend, like, I created a playbook about all the ways you can use video messaging called the Video Funnel Playbook. And if you literally just Google Video Funnel Playbook, I wrote that. It's like sort of 35 pages and lots of different use cases for sales, marketers, customer success. So I think that's a good place to start as well for, like, inspiration. 